I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Bingity-bong, bong-a-bong-a-bong. It's the festival time. Hello, my name is Claire Tunty. James Clement is here also. We are married. We recommend you things for watching and listen to. James is just staring at me I'm not intensely. A, oh, I was trying not to interrupt. Oh, is that what was happening? And then I went and found oh. a moment to jump in, but it was not the right moment. Oh, no. Well, anyway. the it's way a metaphor this, for life. <laughs> it is. The way this Never show, shoot your shot. Can I just get my words so, out? This is the problem. This is what I was trying to help you with. Oh, I see. I'm going to stop. Okay, so how this show works, if you're new here, is that we are married. We recommend things to each other, usually two each. We sometimes debate. We sometimes argue. We have a jolly good time. Yep. And then we finish. It's usually around half an hour. Nice, short, sharp, quick, jolly good time for all. They can see that probably in the the the, the, the amount of time that this is probably. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Well, um, and just to kick off, before we kick off, I should say James is a YouTuber and a podcaster. Yes, is Mr. Sunday Movies. I mean, I know. What You're like scoffing with... because I'm just talking about you so I can then talk about me. I'm scoffing <laughs> because I'm like, who cares? But let's, let's... What do people care? And he also nah. has a podcast called The Weekly Planet that has a few views. It's got a few views. A few views with uh, the old Nicholas Mason who came over yesterday. He loves a winter outfit, and Nick you, Mason. And you, in front of my good friend Nick Mason, accused me <laughs> of being a cereal gum chewer, which is just absolutely not true. All right. You came up with the word cereal gum chewer. You I said just said you, you always... often like to chew gum. And he's, he, he, You and do. I because don't. Because our son does too now. I don't. Why else would we have a stash of extra flavoured like <laughs> I don't know, pink flavour. You get a packet of gum every now and then for him. There's nothing wrong with that, Claire. No, it's definitely you. It's you. It's not you me. You passed it on to our son. I'm not. You a, just, you even think... he said in all the years that he's known me, which is also longer than I've known you. Yeah, but not by much. He's never known How me to be a How many extra years? A couple? Three? Four? Like six. All right. Well, why don't you marry your boy Mason then? Maybe Jeez. I will. It's your other marriage, your work marriage. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Except Mason doesn't have to put up with any of your shit. No, he does. It's just <laughs> intense. It's like a two-hour, like, blast Ooh. of it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, do your dates. Excuse my Because this is our second last episode before you it go is, away. It is, it is, it is, it is. Okay, so I am also a musician. I've written an album called Matrescence. Mm. It's indie folk and a bit experimental electronic yeah. sounds. Super fun. And also not. It's quite heartbreaking at spots. Anyway. Um, I am coming to the UK and Ireland uh, in July, and these are my dates. I'm going to London on the 2nd of July, 2 p.m., the Space UK with Amy Taylor Kabaz and the UK poet Holly mm. McNish. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. All these events are seated, by the way, just letting everyone know. Tuesday, 4th July, I'll be in Exeter, 10 a.m. at the Hall Exeter. Babes in Arms are welcome at both of those events. Thursday, 6th of July, I'm going to be in Dublin, 8 p.m. at the Bellow Bar. Actually, Collings and Maisie are coming to that show. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm actually going to meet them in person. I'm real excited. And so that is on the 6th of July. Then I'm heading to Glasgow on the 8th of July. I'm playing at Kingsborough Sanctuary. 
Battery at 2 p.m. Then I'm heading on Sunday 9th July to Edinburgh, 2 p.m., the caves in Old Town. That gig is going to be with Mama uh, Circles, so this woman called Roberta who's coming to um, do some folk storytelling and stuff. It's going to be real fun. It's in a cave, underground, candlelight, all the things. I'm really excited about that one. Actually, I'm excited about all of them. Um, Tuesday, 11th of July, I will be in Manchester. I've been playing at the Eagle Inn at 8 p.m. I'm going to be supported by two awesome local artists. One is Matthew Carey, a folk singer-songwriter, mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. second is Volvo Voce, who are a string quartet of four feminist amazing women. They're going to be awesome, and then I'm going to be playing my album through. Thursday, the 13th of July, I will be in Petersfield at the Petersfield Museum and Art Gallery. That show is at 7.30pm and that is with Michelle Norton Hughes from Fly Mama, which is an incredible organisation that have created an online platform for women to find more resources through their pregnancy and postpartum care. And then on Sunday, the 15th of July, is that correct? I don't know. Is it? Yes, Sunday the 15th of July, I will be in Basingstoke, 3 p.m., Willow's Coffee House with author Lucy Jones. Very excited about that one. Lucy has just released a book called Matrescence. I talked about it on the show last week. Coincidentally, a lot of the sort of writing in her book mirrors some of the lyrics in my songs and we live on opposite sides of the world and had never met each other until, well, I've never met in person but didn't know of each other until about a month ago and her work is just life-changing and the reviews of her book that have come out have just been incredible. So that I'm not the only one. Incredible. It was it's such a great read. It's really gripping and accessible reading as well as being steeped in incredible research and just mind-blowing facts about this monumental transition that is matrescence equivalent to adolescence that we just don't get told about as women and people who give birth and we end up just completely alone and flawed and thinking we're the only ones that feel that so discombobulated when actually it's a natural part of the evolution of a person that creates life. It's good because for years you were saying the exact opposite. I'm glad you finally come on board to my way of thinking. <laughs> all right. Good. Anyway, so that's where I'm going to be. Um, you can find all of the details and tickets and everything at claretonti.com forward slash events. And, yes, I'm so excited to come. Please bring your mates. Please come along. Grab tickets. doesn't sound like there's a lot of time left No, either. I know. There's not a lot of time. And I would really love to. If you're thinking about it, you really should do it. It's going to be great. My first show ended in a standing ovation, not to toot my own horn, but oh, it was wow. pretty great. And then my second show sold out in Melbourne completely. So had lots of lovely reviews from lots and beautiful letters from lots of people around the place. So um, you can check out my album on Spotify. That's enough. So uh, self-promotion, on with the show. What have you got this week, Jimbo? Uh, Claire, I've got a couple of things to recommend. One is pretty grim. One's a light-hearted, fun, good time. Oh, great. Let's do the grim one. Uh, Jump on in, just something different for you. This is called, it's a movie called She Said based on the 2019 book of the same name. It's a movie that like critically did well but nobody saw. Maybe it was too woke, some are saying. Mm. I don't think so. Let's find out. So it's directed by Maria Schrader Ah. and with a screenplay by Rebecca Linkiewicz. I'm sorry, I definitely pronounced that wrong. I really tried though. Uh, It stars Carrie Mulligan, who you might know from Promising Young Woman. Mm -hmm. It stars Zoe Kazan, who you might know from The Big Sick. Mm -hmm. It stars Patricia Clarkson, who you might know from The Green Mile, but also more recent things. It stars Ashley Judd, who you might know as Ashley Judd. 
She's always yes. doing a thriller and being like, where's my family or whatever. Love Ashley Judd. And Andre Brauher, who you might know as the police chief from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I do remember him. Oh, yeah. he's great. He is, and he's great in this. Well, they all are. Here's the synopsis, Claire. The New York Times journalist Megan Tui and Jody Cantor publish a report that exposes sexual abuse allegations against powerful Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein. The shocking story also serves as a launching pad for the Me Too movement, shattering decades of silence around the subject of sexual assault and harassment. So this is a true story, as mentioned, based mm. on the book and based on the reporting done against Harvey Weinstein, basically trying to prove or uh, at the very least bring a whole lot of allegations to light of these things that he's been doing for 30-plus years and how deep it goes and how many people knew and were protecting him. Because the thing about Harvey Weinstein is, like, it, everybody knows, has always known that he's an absolute piece of shit. Like, that is, like, the general consensus in the world. Like, everybody knew that, but nobody knew, like, this side of things. Like, mm. this is the stuff that, you know, that he was suppressing and threatening people about. So it actually starts with them doing a story on Trump and the multiple allegations against him, but it was kind of disheartening because nobody seemed to care because he just became president anyway, you know? So, and, you know, he's a horrible person. We all know, et cetera, and so forth. So it's kind of like if you're going to go after, after a person like Harvey Weinstein, does anybody even care? He's not as he's not as powerful as Trump. You know, he's not as well known as Trump. Will anybody care that this Hollywood producer is is doing this? You know, does anyone even really know who he is in kind of the broader, you know, spectrum? Mm. So the thing about this is as well, it's them realizing that this is a story that does need to be told. And so they end up speaking to all these different women about their experiences. And it's not just doing that, it's also trying to get them to to go on record. And kind of the the idea is that. It's hard to get one person to come forward, but if you get multiple people, because that like he'll just he'll attack like a singular individual. But if you get multiple people, then it's less likely that he's going to be there's going to be court cases and litigation and all that kind of thing. But but you know, often we've found when people come forward, in particular women, obviously they're discouraged because of the way their names are dragged through the mud and either mm -hmm. like, well, this is clearly just an ex this is how the industry works, or maybe you know you were asking for it. Or, you know, you're a liar and whatever, all these different things that, you know, believe all women, but this one sounds a bit sus, you know, that kind of thing. That yeah. You see that you see those comments literally every time something like this happens. So as mentioned, like all of these allegations go back to the 90s and he, he's produced some like incredible movies over, over the years through through um through his company. But the, again, there's been like multiple allegations and, and payoffs and, and silencing and as this story is kind of unfolding, Harvey Weinstein gets wind, and this again happened in real life, of that they're coming after him, that they're speaking to people. So he starts going on the attack and, you know, ringing around and trying to find out who they're speaking to. And one of the women they're speaking to is Gwyneth Paltrow, who doesn't want to go on the record. So he's like, keeps demanding that they tell him if it's Gwyneth Paltrow who's, you know, making, who's the major actor, you know, making allegations. But one of the people in it who I mentioned, Ashley Judd, plays real-life Ashley Judd because she was a victim of Harvey Weinstein. Mm. And, you know, she's told this story before and it's kind of like – so it's her perspective is in this as well. And that's kind of really fascinating to see, like, an actor playing themselves in a story like this. Does that yeah. make sense? Like it's yeah. really – yeah, it's great. It's it's real, um, it's it's just really, you know, cool that, that she did that. It's incredible. And I imagine incredibly difficult. Oh, absolutely. You have to access all of that emotion yeah. again. And you got to go through mm. – and then you got to act 
we wouldn't be pretending because these things happen, but then you got to like read. But I mean, you have to like yeah. access all of that trauma and all of the emotions that you're going through. You're, so you're basically reliving some one of like, I would suggest probably the hardest yeah. things that she's been through. And one of the things that happened, like the things that happened to her, which I'm not going to get into, that's not even like the half of it. Like there are so many things that are much worse. Yeah. Not to downplay what happened to her. No, but, but no, absolutely. It, yeah. And it, Incredible, just and like and a, also like you think about the amount of women in particular, and I know it happens to other people too, but particularly for women mm. who never had big careers like Ashley no. Judd, but who were promised things and had their life and their career taken yeah. from them or stopped early because of the trauma of what they experienced or just the exploitation. Mm. Like they were never going to be given opportunities, but promised things. No, and you, they must be in the thousands. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, honestly. Like there, there's a number that come forward in this. I don't know if that would be like possible to be in – I mean for him in particular. For, to no, be not for him, but I just mean industry-wide. Oh, yeah, 100%. And this is just like this industry, you know. Mm. This isn't even like – It's a music industry. It's any industry, yeah. you know. It's anything, you know. So yeah. it's – you know, it, it all culminated and people would know this, that like this article did come out and the knock-on effect of that is that – and this is public knowledge – that he's – in jail probably forever, probably for the rest of the, his life. Like his whole company is like collapsed in on itself, you know, mm-hmm. as it should. But it's it's obviously it's one of those situations where you don't see any of the things that describe, but things are described in graphic detail. That are, it is women like recounting things that happened in real life. Oh so obviously it's it ranges from like very, you know, uncomfortable to like to really triggering. So, you know, bear that in mind if you're going in to to watch that. But it's just a really beautifully acted like interesting stories that are being told by, you know, multiple women across mm. decades. And, you know, it comes out like later on in the movie that, you know, this isn't something that happened in the 90s. Like this, it kept happening. You know, he didn't stop doing mm. it and he would make promises that I'm not going to do this again and you don't have my word that this is something that I'm working on and blah, blah, blah. I know that I can be a bit too much. And he would just do that like again and again and mm. just and get and get away with it. But in particular, the, the two leads, um, Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan, Oh, great. Really, really good as like the head reporters, you know, doing doing all of this work. Um, it is on Netflix, in Australia at least, um, but it's available to watch wherever you are. Yeah, wow. Um, Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something-year-old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. All episodes of Queenie premiere June 7th, streaming on Hulu. It's on streaming. It's so interesting you've brought that today because I've got something that kind of dovetails into it in a totally okay. different way. Mm. So I've been listening to a podcast called Witch that's being produced by the BBC Sounds. Mm. Well, by the BBC, but there's a um, program called the BBC Sounds. Um, it's also available on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can get your podcast from. It's presented by Indira Rakusen, who's the creator of the podcast 28-ish Days Later. And she's on a journey to discover more about witches and witchcraft and its historical place 
Mm. But also personally in her own life, the draw that she has to witchcraft and magic. And it's so interesting. She's got such an atmospheric way of presenting. The show itself kind of opens with the crackle of a fire Mm. and immediately it kind of draws you into the woods. And for me, draws me back into the feeling that I had as a child of everything being possible, of the movie The Craft, of, you know, practical magic and so much of this show I've been fascinated by because it talks about how the roots of the word witch even were a label given to people as a way of kind of singling women out, women particularly out as dangerous, as wild, as, you know, tearing down structures and patriarchy and evil. This is a demon. Correct, exactly. And obviously the witch burnings and they were incredibly persecuted. Mm. And it's often women who were really knowledgeable about their bodies and themselves and the natural world. And Mm. there's a real deep connection. The second episode is called Natural Magic, which is so interesting because it talks about why witchcraft and witches are centered in the natural world. And as I've become more and more aware of the healing properties of herbs, and I know Mm. I think because of the way I was raised in a really deeply Catholic home, I think I kind of internalized, I've always been fascinated by witches, but I've kind of internalized the idea that that's like hocus pocus and and a bit evil and a bit dangerous or something. But also my mum even has always been fascinated by the natural world and like the she takes photos of really intricate photos of the inside of flowers. Yeah, your mum's an amazing photographer. Yeah, yeah she's obsessed mm. with the moon and what I've come to discover. She does love the moon. She loves the moon. <laughs> I'm indifferent to the moon. No, mum loves the moon and is drawn to it and so am I in so many ways. And when I was writing my music, so much of it I think it was reflected from the women's circle that I started going to at the beginning of last year. Yeah. And I can't explain it other than that it felt like coming home, sitting in a mm. circle of women with candles, sharing our lives, sharing our stories, meditating on our place in the world and our feet on the earth and our deep connection to it. And that's what witchcraft is mm. at its core. It's about really articulating and moving with the seasons, with the way time works for us as human beings. I mean, witches are present in all cultures all over the world. And even that word which I have real issues with because I think you label something and you can kind of take out the depth of meaning in it. Yeah. You just put it in a box as a particular thing. And it's always – not always, but there is often also like a negative connotation – with that. Yeah, yeah, or just like all the history of like pointy hats and broomsticks and stuff. Whereas actually this unpacks that so much of it was about taking power away from women mm. and our autonomy over their bodies and picking at the social fabric of community. And because of the work I'm doing in matrescence, I found that there's actually an episode where they look at that too. Yeah. It's about understanding our bodies and what happens to us and Without that knowledge, women are hampered. Mm. We are traumatized. We are confused. We're disconnected from each other and disconnected from community because we don't understand what's really happening for us and to us. And so I think there's been a real rise, as I say in the podcast, of fascination which, with um, witchcraft and, mm. and magic. But I actually think what it is is at, at its core a deep yearning for those natural rhythms, mm. for really deeply understanding the power of herbs and plants, food, 
being in nature and the seasons, even now this week here in Australia, it's winter solstice, starting to celebrate that though, because at the moment in my cultural heritage, it was Catholic. So we celebrate Christmas and Easter, but here Easter is supposed to be a time of spring, right? But actually here it's autumn. Yeah. So none of the symbolism even matches up with the time of year. No. And Christmas is super hot, it's like 40 degrees. So it doesn't match up with what was a really ancient pagan time of, you know, the cold and the solstice. Yeah. And so to me, matching our lives up with those rhythms of the season only can be a good thing, yeah. I think. It, and, and it feels good because mm. we are also then – acting out our lives in a way that is more connected to the way the rhythms of the earth work. So in winter, we should be more closed. We should be in deep rest. We should be doing big dreaming without actually being really energetic and out there because everything's closed down because the world needs rest. The earth needs rest as, as do we. Yeah. Anyway, all that is to I say. I find that really yeah. interesting as well. And just that idea of educating young people and not just women, anybody mm. about like how these things work and how your body works and what it changes you, you know, are expected that you go through. Cause there is this kind of push that you label up, like that's been labeled like grooming. Whereas yeah. I see it and you know, we've worked in schools that, you, Do you know, mean in terms programs. of like sh- sexuality as well. Everything. Yeah. Like it's not, cause it's not all necessarily like sexuality based. It's how does your Body, body work. work, yeah, and what is, and it's also like what is appropriate for other people, you know, in relation to you and setting yeah. up boundaries. And when you actually do talk about these things, and obviously there are levels, so you're not going to bombard like a four year old with like every piece of information no. about their cycle and what's going to happen to them during puberty and whatever, like all of that. You know, you obviously, you know, you yeah, build but up it's to normalizing it. the fact that we yeah. are creatures with bodily functions. Mm, that aren't weird or strange. No. They're, they're a and natural then when part it happens, you're order. not like, am I dying? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Is this is this strange? Like, exactly. is this cancer or whatever? Because often people who are alone who are not taught these things, these are the things that go through their mind. So when you actually teach people about this stuff, it is literally like the opposite of grooming. It is giving them the tools. It's power. To, it's power, exactly. And when you take that stuff away... That that opens the door for people to take advantage of people when you yeah. when you leave people in the yeah. dark Which, and it just yeah. fucking it's it's, just, it's everywhere at the moment and yeah. it just makes me fucking but that, furious. But that I could say there's a huge as I'm learning and I'm not an expert in this, but as as I've started to look more and more into birth and matrescence mm. and I fell into that because of my story and the music I've created and I've but in terms of midwifery and yeah. the power and knowledge that women had about their bodies, the medical profession sort of came in and as um understanding of medicine grew and it became a very male-dominated field. Mm. They kind of took it away from midwives and that meant that so much of the innate kind of practical stuff around birth, around the placement of the baby, around um, even washing your hands, there were like reports of like women getting sepsis because Mm. male doctors were examining cadavers and then then delivering babies. And that kind of power was taken from those communities of women because the other reports, the high rates of birth trauma in Australia, it's like one in three, one of the major indicators of birth trauma is early intervention in, and that can happen because it's necessary but often it's unnecessary mm. because hospital systems have, you know, numbers they need to hit and if you go over two days they're like, well, it's dangerous now and all of that stuff. But also having women with you, a person, but usually a woman who's been through birth herself, who understands what's going on for your body and is a person that you trust and who you love often or who at least you trust 
really deeply and knows you, having them with you through your pregnancy and then through your birth Mm. is so, you know, pivotal in giving you the best possible chance of your body doing what it needs to do. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have a violent birth or that it isn't going to be brutal, but it means that you've got more power and autonomy over the choices that happen during it and you've got more of a chance of giving birth without too much intervention, which can lead to so many problems down the line. Yeah. Um, and I would say as well, as I talked about last week, knowledge like I didn't realise some women just don't have enough mammary glands to produce milk. No one ever said that to me. If I'd known that, I could have looked at it and seen whether that was why I didn't produce enough breast milk. But instead women are left alone and shamed and isolated for all different reasons. And it's it's absolutely about taking away their autonomy and power. And the result is a whole generation in Western culture of women, I think, who are often isolated and traumatised through becoming mothers. And then they're kind of thinking they have to look perfect and be pushed back into the workforce. And it's exhausting. Mm. It's exhausting and damaging for everyone. And it's that kind of idea of capitalism connects into it about us being... You need two people in the in the, like... Two working, two incomes. Yeah, none of it works. None of it works. And interestingly in this podcast, something I've been exploring, I'm going to do a show in Edinburgh and I've been really drawn there and I don't know, I was trying to think why because we don't really have a huge audience in Edinburgh Mm. but I've always wanted to go and I didn't know until I listened to this podcast that Edinburgh is one of the places that has a huge population of persecuted witches. Did it? So like something close to 4,000 if not more, Mm. primarily women, let's say mostly women, were murdered, persecuted for witchcraft and and being a witch um, from the 16th to I think it was the 14th to the 16th century. Yeah. And even Edinburgh Castle was seen to be one of the worst places for that, for the burning. So they were often strangled and then burnt. Um, And there's barely any monuments. And one of the interesting episodes they do on this particular phenomenon talks about two women and their names are Claire Mitchell, who's a lawyer, and Zoe Vendatozzi. Um, They both live in Edinburgh in Scotland and they've started a campaign to bring justice for the women who were burnt and persecuted for witchcraft Mm. Um, because Claire said she was standing in one of the parks, which is a common thing across the world and looking at all these monuments to all these men and realising that there were like basically no monuments to women who fought in the war or even really any great plaques kind of articulating what happened at Edinburgh Castle to these thousands and thousands of people. Mm. Well, history is like written by the victors, you know, so that's why you got statues of lunatics. And sorry, I'll just correct that. (laughs) It was the 16th to the 18th century. Okay, cool, yep. Which isn't that long ago, you know. It's really not. It's really not. And so I just... It's like a handful of generations back, you know. Yeah, it's really not that long ago. And I think the repercussions of that are still being felt. She said even in Edinburgh, Mm. there is there's quite a lot of controversy around that and there is still some kind of belief that those witches were evil and that's why they were murdered. That's an insane thing to like. I know. But she said, but it's like. Like what? What? Yeah. What would that even mean? Like why evil? Like what specifically? Like were inten- they running- intentionally creating magic to harm people. But that, that's obviously like that's lunacy. Or know? heretics or devil worshippers or, yeah. you but know, again, all of like, those things. Even if it was against that. Against the church, all of that stuff. It's not like that's not a 
that's not a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah. they're not giving people mm. heart attacks with lightning strikes know. and, you know, it's yeah. ridiculous. What is interesting though is I think we can't underestimate the seeds of that idea that women are evil. Yeah, sure. Like I'd believe that, That yeah. kind of sit below the surface, the idea that women's pain is less believed. Like mm. you only have to look at the medical profession in yeah. general and see that that story in the Bible of Eve eating the apple and that she was cursed with pain in childbirth. And you can see that women's pain, there's so many studies to show this, is just less believed, yeah. less acknowledged, less researched. And in particular women of colour as well. Like yeah, it's that even is, worse. Yeah. Exactly. And not just by male professionals, in the, no, but it's yeah. also women in the space too have been infected by that kind of undercurrent of misogyny yeah. that kind of ripples through. So I just, the more I look at it, I realise like most of my heritage is from the UK and Ireland. Yeah. And I'm so excited to be going yeah. because I'm, I just, I feel drawn there. Yeah. I know that sounds, what? whatever that sounds, woo-woo, whatever. You want to do some damage. You want to kill some men with lightning. I just want to go back <laughs> to my heritage because I reckon I had some witches out there in my heritage. Or what, but I don't even like that word. I think I just had women in my heritage yeah, who were powerful it. and interesting yeah. and strange and connected to the world and paid that, attention to the seasons. That Adam and, and Eve cycles. story is so wild. Like, first of all, like, it's obviously like a fable. It's not true. Mm. It's a metaphor for fucking nonsense or whatever. But like, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting as, a, as an historical story. It's so fascinating. The Bible's like, fascinating. Yeah, of course it is. As like a historical yeah. document. Yeah. Weird stuff. Right. But. But obviously it's of a certain time, but this is the idea that like the test was don't eat this apple, then a snake who was the devil told you eat an apple and then you ate an apple. Like, mm, and you fell out of the garden also of Eden. Like, who cares? So everything would it's have been apple. perfect. <laughs> what a ridiculous story. I guess apples were like, I don't know, were they harder to get? They would have been <laughs> was at it that time. That, yeah, I guess so. It is interesting. I'm eating three apples a day, Claire. I know. I mean even the fact that a, snake a, told woman, <laughs> a woman is made from a man's rib and then she's the one that brings him down or something, it's, it's just a fear. It's a deep-seated fear of women, I guess, or feminine power and energy. And we need both. We need both yeah. like ma- masculine and feminine energy, the yin and the yang. Everything you see in the patterns of nature all feed into each other and we can have more or less of that. doesn't matter whether we were born with a particular body. You know, yeah. we all have th- those kind of energies present within Absolutely. us. It's just I know the more I look at our culture and it's just really interesting because I also have realised that in my life and I think I've talked about this before on the show being raised Catholic, I love the rituals of so much of that. I felt like mm. some of it was familiar, but none of it really felt real to me mm. enough or there was something underneath it and probably the fact that I could never, I always wanted to be a priest and get up there and like <laughs> right, do a ceremony and could never do that, was never allowed to do that, tell the jokes around the bulletin and like light the candles. The closest I got was to be an altar girl. And I always thought that was so fucking wrong. And I, I just... The more I see it, the more I realise so much of those ceremonies that I grew up with and the pageantry of that mm. is present in pagan rituals. Absolutely. A lot of in that was women's borrowed, circles. Yeah. It was borrowed. Like even the, the idea of an altar, like the first Christian churches were people all sitting in a circle all on one level. No one was higher than each other. And yeah. they were there to discuss and talk about what they believed to be a good way of living, about their issues, about their connection with God and it was equal. Yeah. And that to me seems so much like what is in these ancient circles of women. And in a patriarchal society, I just think we've 
it's they've been broken. Mm. But I just feel like there's a rise of it coming. I yeah. can just feel it, this like feminine energy kind of rising. Good. And anyway, I'm just really And it's also I think, going. you know, there might be people that hear this and probably not like in this with our audience, but it's not about like dominating no, men or destroying men. It's just about giving everybody a voice. Yeah. I saw a really interesting tweet about this actually that said that some men really fear this because in their head they're like, well, equality or like women rising up would mean that they would, we would do what they did to us. So like they yeah. see it as us taking all their power away as like, and not just, I should say, you know, that idea of like, well, women being equal, that means that they'll take away um, our reproductive rights or like education about our bodies and dominate. Yeah. But overall, that's not what, when you speak to most women, we want no, of course at not. all. Why? Actually, equality is about being, you know, overall the dreams and wants and needs of women in general mm. and not all women, but generally in non-binary people and people of minorities, people of colour, communities, actually it's, it's a vision for a world that fits everyone. Yeah. Really. Which I, I found so interesting to reflect on and maybe that's where the fear comes from. Well, because- I find it boring. <laughs> anyway, and that's a wow. That's like a clear Thanks a lot, Claire. Real you took up rant. the whole episode. And anyway, have... that podcast is called Witch, and um, you can find it on podcast apps or through BBC Sounds. Um, the presenter is Indira Rakusan. Mm. Rakusan. See, this so. is what men are worried about. You come on to the podcast, <laughs> you dominate the space, and now I don't have time for my second recommendation. Oh, Claire. I'm so sorry. I know this is. We were no, it's good. Have... It means for next week I've got something. All right, okay, yeah, because I've got a second one cool. too. Right, we'll so save we'll, we'll save it for next week. That'll be the last one before I go, oh and then we're God. hopefully going to try and do suggestible and the city. Yeah, whatever well, I, that I heard was, Sarah Jessica Parker on a podcast saying she can never remember if it's Sex in the City or Sex and the City. Well, she should know. <laughs> she That's should. disrespectful, quite frankly. Yeah, I think it's and. It's is it? <laughs> Hang on. It's and. It is and, right? Sex in the City. I what, think it's and. What you got in my head? It's and. It's definitely and, right? It says it's through. Sex through the city. <laughs> I never know. It's sex, sex and the city. Sex on the city. Sex on the city. Sex under the city. Oh my God. That's just in like the women having with the sex rats. <laughs> and the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Totally. Anyways, uh, maybe you like this show. Maybe you don't. Either way, here's something you can do for fun. You can review the show on your app of choice. And if you give us five stars, I will read out your review, unless it's super weird. Um, in which case, but but if it's good weird, I will read it out. Does that make sense? <laughs> that I makes I, total sense. I hope I've defined my boundaries clear enough because it's yeah. important to know boundaries and to set your own boundaries. <laughs> Great. Uh, so this is from Young Field Mouse who says, five stars, by the way, thank you so much. Love to listen. Great show and great people. That's all you need to do. Or you mm-hmm. write a long weird one. Whatever you want. <laughs> it's up to you. Thank you, young field Thank mouse. Thank you, young field mouse. Uh, you're not going like to live long because you're a mouse and you live in a field, but yeah. I hope you're okay. Life seems hard. Unless yeah. you're that mouse. Is it that story of the mouse who like collected all the nuts over summer over and then like Isn't that like step. a – It's a fable. Like a, a ferret and a rat or Wasn't there a was fable about a city and a country mouse or something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, be the, the, be the mouse that collects all the nuts over this, summer yeah, this, and then let's the see. The city up. mouse is like, ah, I just want to watch TV. And the country mouse is like, well, I want to chop wood. Right. And they killed each other. Oh, God. Yeah. That's very uh, brutal. All right. Mm-hmm. Nature is harsh. Okay. Is. So I have an email. If you would like to write into the show with comments or suggestions, we would love to hear your suggestions. You can write to the show at suggestiblepod at gmail.com just like Emerald has. Hi, Claire and James. Big fan. 
but I'm really writing to thank you for suggesting your, your friend's motherhood journey. I just had baby girl number two in April with a C-section and my mother hasn't been so emotion, emotionally supportive. She says I'm doing so many things wrong because I'm not producing enough milk and she's compared me to women that overproduce. Baby Peaches is sleeping through the night now, but my mother is of the belief that I should be waking her up to feed and she's criticized me for not soothing my baby enough. No, that's not true. Mm, I know. All I know is that since she's been gone, I've actually been able to instinctively care for my baby with an app called Huckleberry, which is my suggestion, recommended to me by my daughter's godmother, uh, who is a new mother herself. This is great for people who are sticklers for having baby on a schedule for feeding and changing and whatever else you can think of. It ties me to my phone, which is a little bit annoying, but sure. it's easier and more convenient than paper and pen. And you can remember I, it because it's like all correct. there. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I use it for my toddler too. I had no idea of its existence when she was a baby, but we survived anyway. Mm. Sorry for all the words. I'm the only parent my girls have and I'm trying my best. I'm just relieved to hear there's a practical reason for my low production. Love Suggestible and Suggestible in the City and the Weekly Planet. Tell Mesa I said hi. Miss Emerald. Thank oh, that's you. awesome. I know. And it sounds like also, I guess like the biggest piece of advice is to just do whatever works for you. Correct. Like you'll get a bunch of advice mm. and some of it might work for other Correct. people and it doesn't work for you. Exactly. Is, I'm speaking out of turn here obviously because Claire is dominating the podcasting sphere as we know. But it sounds like you're, you're doing it, you know, and you're doing what works for you and your baby is fed and healthy and sleeping. So Fuck all the noise. Like if this is what's working for you, mm. that's great. You're doing the right thing. Totally. And it can be really tricky when the person that's giving you criticism is within your own yeah. family as yeah. well, which um, I've heard from friends has been incredibly totally. it happens. challenging. You see it happen all the time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I've, I've been really lucky with the support within our family. But, yeah, you do it because yeah. they love you and they want the best for you and people do it in all different ways. But, yeah, it can be incredibly challenging. So hold on because you're doing an amazing yeah. job and your kids are super lucky to have Emerald. And you know what's wild about being a parent, and this is at any point in your life, like it could be up until forever, is that you've never been a parent at that point before. So when you become a parent, it's all new. Like even now, like we have a seven-year-old. I'd, I've never parented a seven-year-old before. Yeah. And I've even told, you know, our son that and our daughter that as well, not as much her because, she's, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, she's a little bit younger, but just like I, this is new to me. I'm not an expert on, on any of this. I'm just, I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, I'm not, you know, I'm making it up as I go a lot of the time, you know, yeah. and that's just, that's part of it. Yeah. You've never done it before. No, exactly. And we, sometimes we get it wrong and yeah. we try, but I think as um, Carly McGoran, oh gosh, we better go. Well, I'll just say this yeah. quickly. Carly McGoran, who, as I've talked about before, I interviewed on my podcast taunts, gave me the best parenting advice, which was that it's okay Whatever's happened, the most important thing you can do is the repair after the fight or after the thing yep. you've said wrong or after things have gone pear-shaped, you go back in and you repair and you mend and you talk and you connect. Mm. All right. We've been special podcast. As always. Uh, Remember when you leave the hospital and they're like, here's your baby. And you're, you're like, like what? <laughs> I think you're mistaken. That baby, was, that baby lives here. I just isn't someone going to like check that we put yes. them in the car, right? Someone should do a scan on us or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, you can write to the story shows at gmail.com. Thank you as always to Raw Collings for editing this week's episode. Thank you also to Maisie for running our socials. Two incredible people. Um, two incredible that people. You can meet at that show in. In Dublin yeah. on the 6th of July. Very exciting. All of the details are at claretonti.com forward slash events to buy tickets and see where I'm adventuring to. I would love to come and say hello after the show. And um, that's it. We've been suggestible.
We'll talk to you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.